0: Hey, tonight is my last message in this series called Mean Girls. I'm just kidding. No, it's called Death to Willpower or John Tucker Must Die. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, Death to Willpower. It's my last message. Next week, we're going to have small groups and camp testimonies. Um, It's going to be a really great week next week. Um, So come through, hang out, have fun. And then the week after that, in two weeks, we're going to do another invite night. We're going to invite the friends, and we're going to have youth out on the lawn with water games. It's going to be crazy, okay? Uh, And so you're not allowed to come unless you bring a friend, all right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But, like, actually. So, um, just kidding. You can come by yourself, but if you didn't invite a friend, I'm going to shun you for the whole night, okay? Uh, Just kidding. (laughs) You're like, hey, are you a bully? Yes. I'm a bully for the Lord, okay? (laughs) Amen. I got a bullet for everyone who's not about God this year. No, I'm just kidding. That's bad. Okay. That's a meme. That's not a good one. Cut that out of the podcast, okay? Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So just, I always like uh, resourcing our students uh, with stuff that I've been reading. Uh, The best resource you could possibly read is the Bible. Um, Last week we talked, or two weeks ago we talked about it, that if you read your Bible four times a week, there's a whole lot of things that get astronomically better in your life. So if you're not reading your Bible at least four times a week, start there, please. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, if you want to be, um, let's use leadership as an example, you want to be a youth leader, read your Bible four times a week, it'll transform your life, it'll be really good, Okay? Uh, But other resources I like to offer um, for you guys to read is stuff that kind of informs the series. And so this one has been probably my favorite book on the topic of willpower. It's called Willpower Doesn't Work. And it's actually not a Christian book. It's like a business uh, discover hidden keys to success book. Uh, But it's really, really good. And it's funny because all uh, truth comes from God. And truth will set you free. So this Bible has a lot of truth in it. Bible. This book has a lot of truth in it. And so uh, this guy doesn't know, but he's writing for the old man. Jesus, let's go. Uh, but if you like reading, pick that up. I'm actually probably going to start an Instagram uh, series called, um, let's see, Book Club with Brett or something like that. And uh, it's going to be funny. It's going to be on reels. And so I'm going to uh, hype up some books. I'm going to roast some other books. I have a friend, a youth pastor friend named Austin who does it. But, and I almost didn't do it because he does it. But I was like, I, I like reading so much. He's not the only one who could do that, so I'm doing it. It's going to be fun, okay? So we're going to do Brett's Book Club, and uh, it's going to be super corny and cheesy, and this book will make an appearance, okay? You could uh, It won't be on my main page because it will spam the page. So if you go on my Instagram, you go over to Reels, that's where you'll be able to find it, okay? Anyways, okay, so we've been talking about environments. Uh, to recap, it's been a couple weeks. To recap, I believe... That you are not an accumulation of your choices, right? Even though, seniors, I told you to make good choices, that's a good start. But you're not an accumulation of choices. Why? Because sometimes we make bad choices, and that doesn't mean we're bad people. Sometimes we make good choices, and that also doesn't mean necessarily that we're good people. So we're not an accumulation of our choices, and I don't also think we're an accumulation of our circumstance, where we were born, uh, what's happened to us in our life, hurt, or the good things, or even our... Um, race, or color of our skin, or what, those types of things. I don't think we're an accumulation of those things either. Um, Not that they're not important, not that they don't help create who we are. I just don't think it's the whole thing. I think we are an accumulation of the choices we make about our environments. What environments we choose to be a part of, right? And like I said, as a kid, sometimes you don't get to choose, like you don't get to choose what house you grow up in. You don't get to choose what school you get you go to sometimes. You don't get to choose certain things like that. But the cool thing about being an adult is that you do get to choose. And so, seniors, this is a message that's especially important for you because you get to choose now. And so, tonight, I want us to choose righteousness. So, if you're taking notes, write that down. Choose righteousness. Choose to create an environment of righteousness. What does righteousness mean? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Righteousness basically means that we are, we're, we're living a life as best as we can that reflects Jesus. And so it's like a, it's like a, a scale with sin on one side and goodness on the other side. And, and we want to try and tip the scale towards goodness. That we rid as much sin out of our lives as we possibly can, right? That's living a righteous life, a holy life, a sanctified life, okay? Okay. Anybody ever done something and, and you, like, just felt like it was really wrong? Anybody ever done that? you done something you felt like it was really wrong and you're like, oh, man, right? That's the Holy Spirit, right? Or sometimes people say, it's your conscience. I think it's the Holy Spirit. Uh, I got a funny story to tell, though. Is that cool? Can I tell a story? So this one time I was like, let me think. I was, like, nine years old, okay? And... Uh, and my dad bought me a dirt bike, and it was super cool, not as cool as a Honda Ruckus, but it's pretty cool, Um, that's an inside joke, if you guys have been talking to me recently, Um, I have an addiction to motorcycles, and I don't even have one yet, so it's getting pretty bad, Um, send help, Uh, if there's a hotline, please send it to me, Um, because I need to be, I need to be counseled on this, but because um, you'll see me rolling up on a Honda Ruckus pretty soon. I'm going to let you know. Um, You're know, like, what's a Honda Ruckus? Look it up after uh, after we're done. But anyway, so I got a dirt bike. It was cool, but my parents were gone. Uh, it was just like, an I think it was like a Saturday, Friday, Saturday something. We're, it was in the summer. We're just chilling, so there's these two. Uh, when you grow up as a pastor's kid, you have all sorts of crazy people ba- babysitting you. And so something consistent that would happen is like random church interns would come babysit us. And so uh we had like these two we had these two dudes uh justin and Steven Stephen uh who now goes by Steve um Justin and Steve were babysitting us funny enough uh Steve is now Pastor Steve of Hope City Kingman, uh who's preached here on the weekends, and so this was like a, if if he's watching, I don't know that he is, but Pastor Steve, if you're watching, I'm about to roast you okay uh but uh <laughs> But this is, his, this is his villain origin story, okay? So, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, we're just chilling, and uh, it's hot. I grew up in Vegas. Vegas gets hot. Anybody ever been to Vegas in the summer? Um, I apologize. It's bad. Uh, it's like, if you've never been to Vegas in the summer, imagine it being like 120 degrees, and then like a blow dryer is in your face all day long. It's like a non-stop blow dryer. Your eyes are dry. Everything's dry. You're like, Ugh. you're not really sweating that much because it's like a dry heat, but you just feel like you're in like, you feel like you're in like a death sauna. Like it's just like, ah, the sun's beating down on you and it's just blowing in your face and your hair is all like poofed up. Uh, that's Vegas in the summer. So it's hot. It's really hot. We're outside on the street. I lived on a cul-de-sac. I got my new dirt bike. Yurt. And so. Uh, instead of letting me ride the dirt bike, Justin and Steve are ripping wheelies on my dirt bike like all the way down the street. And uh, so then they say like, "Hey, let's um, let's go to uh, let's go to the the gas station get some drinks because it's really hot." I said, "Sick, let's go." And so I think it was just me. I don't know where my siblings were. So it was me. I don't know why my parents needed two interns to babysit me, but um, accountability, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so it, it was super lame because. I had this like ya- this old Yamaha one ten with the square seat. And so then it was Justin who Justin was like a uh he played um left tackle for uh University of Washington. So he's like six foot seven, like three hundred pounds, but yoked. Like he's just ripped. And so he's on the front of my Yamaha one ten, uh, which is not a very big bike. And then and then it's me. And then Steve's on the back. So there's three of us, and we're just like, all the way to the gas station. So we roll up to the gas station, and we get inside. And uh, so they're grabbing their drinks. And so I'm, I'm walking around. You know me. I'm a prankster. Anybody know me? I'm a jokester a little bit. I'm a little goofy. So I was that way when I was a kid, too, a little less. I'm a little more goofy now. But uh, I was walking through, and, you know, there's Gatorades and Arizona iced teas and all the good stuff. And then I look at this section, and I'm like... I'm going to get something from this section. I said, I know for sure this is the alcohol section. And I'm like nine years old. And I'm like, I'm going to play a prank on these guys. and I'm going to grab a beer and be like, hey, boys, I'll take one of these. You guys are buying, right? So I reach up in to what I thought was the beer section, and I grab a Red Bull, and I pull it out. And I uh and I walk up to the guys and I say, uh, Hey, uh, I'll take one of these. And Steve was like, um, I don't know. He looks at Jesse, You think it's okay? You think it's good for him? You know, it's an energy drink, right? I'm like a little kid. He goes, You think it's good for him? He's like, I don't think so. He's like, It's not gonna hurt that bad, right? He's like, No and he's like They're having this conversation, I was like, Right. okay. Oh and they're like, just let him. And then Justin looks over at Steve, dude. Just let him have it. It's not a big deal. No one's gonna find out. And then Steve is like, Yeah. I mean, you gotta live a little, right? And then he's like, He's like, get his heart pumping a little bit. And uh, and I was like, I was, I was, my knees are like, oh God. Right. So like, they're like, Yeah, Brett, you can get that. And I was like, oh, No, I don't. I don't think I want to. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I'm like, I'll, I'm starting to sweat. I'm like, I did something bad. I haven't even drank it yet. And they're like, they're like. Brett, it's fine. You can have it. And I was like, no, I, I don't really think I want to. I, don't, I think my parents have uh, you know. <laughs> and they're like, Brett, stop being weird, dude. Just get the Red Bull. And I was like, um, dude, I'm nine years old, Steve. You know, and he's like, yeah, I know. Get the Red Bull. Let's go home. Stop being weird. And then and I was like, no, I'm not doing it. And he like, grabbed it out of my hands. He's like, stop being weird. We're going to get the Red Bull. And he goes up to the register, pays for it. And then he gives it to me and he goes, drink it. Stop being weird. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, I'm going to get so drunk. <laughs> you know, I'm like nine years old. Uh, Vegas is really taken a toll on me, you know. <laughs> my parents said, my parents said it was going to be bad that we moved here, you know. And I was like, oh, who would have thought? You know, the church interns, man. I was like, it's their fault, not mine. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I slammed this red Bull. I'm like, ah! You know. And, and <laughs> on the dirt bike while we're going, ah! You know, and uh, it's hot. I got energy drinks shaking up in my stomach, and I get back home, and I and I start like, Ooh. I'm like walking around the garage like this, like, Whoa. and they're like, "Dude, are you okay?" And I was like, "Dude, I don't think so." You know, I'm, I was like, oh, "This feels kind of funny," and they're like, "What are you doing, dude?" And I was like, "Dude, you did this. You did this." And they're like, "What?" I was like, "You, you did this to me." They're like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Dude, you got me drunk. I'm a pastor's kid." And they're like, "Dude, it's not a. You, did you think that was a beer?" And I was like, "Yeah, is it not?" And they're like, "No, dude, it's like an energy drink." They're like, "It's like coffee." And I was like, "They're like, were you just pretending to be drunk?" Shut up, dude. I uh, no. I was like, no. I was like, I'm really, I'm really happy, and excited to be here. Thanks for the energy drink, you know. But anyway, so I was. I always now, like, because, uh, you know, being a pastor, it's like kind of frowned upon to drink beer and stuff or whatever. So I always, whenever I go out with Steve now, he's a pastor, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, Steve gave me my first beer. He's like, he was a Red Bull, you know, like every time. But in my heart, I felt like I just did the worst thing ever. Nine years old, get him young, I got crazy drunk on a Red Bull, you know what I mean? It's like that Spongebob episode, or is it in the Spongebob movie where they get, like, drunk on chocolate ice cream or something? It's like, yeah, Ice Cream Sunday at Goofy Goober or Weenie Hut Jr. or whatever it is. Uh, goofy Goobers. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Goofy Goober! Oh, that was lame. Okay. But sometimes, that's a funny story, but sometimes it's actually real. Sometimes we do something in life, and we, and we encounter this moment where we're like, oh, my gosh, I really messed up. And, and, and we can go one way or the other. We can go, I really messed up and I have to do better. Or we can go this other way where I really messed up and that means I am messed up. It means that I'm, I'm a failure. It means that, I, that I, I can't do anything right. It means that I'm, I'm just bound to be a bad person. It means that I can't do anything for God because I made this mistake. It means that I can't come to church anymore because they're going to frown upon me. They're going to look at me weird because I did something bad. When Jesus says that the hospital is not for the healthy but for the sick, a newsflash. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. But here's the thing I want to talk about tonight. I want to, I want to make that feeling that we get that's deep in our, our gut, that, 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 that feeling of guilt that, and that want of feeling of shame. I want to get rid of that a little bit in our lives as much as we can. There's going to be still times where we mess up, but I, I don't want it to be as frequent as, as we feel it. Because I feel like some of us that struggle with anxiety, depression, are more so struggling with the weight of sin than we are actually sometimes mental illness. Because the weight of sin is heavy. And if you let your soul die, it probably doesn't feel too good. And so we'll run to all the fixes we possibly can, except for the Savior, except for the one who is blameless and righteous and all those things and I said at the end of all, I, I did this uh, breakout session at camp on anxiety which went way better than I thought it was going to but at the end of the second one I said something that I think some of us hold on to our stress anxiety depression whatever we struggle with we hold on to our struggle because we think people will love us more if they notice that we're struggling we think people will run up to us and give us a hug because they think that we're struggling but if people run up to us to try to help and we're struggling and we hang on to our struggle, they feel like they're helpless and nobody likes to feel like they're helpless. Does that make sense? And so as best as we can, even, we all struggle with stuff, but as best as we can, God gives us a way to release those things and let go of them. And so when we actually release them and let go of them, we actually are loved better because we can celebrate with the person next to us that that's in our past now. So, what I want to talk about today is overcoming sin. Overcoming sin. Hopefully, all those slides are in the right order, but if they're not, you're just going to have to find it and throw it up, okay? There's a lot of scripture. This first one is Romans 2 4. Can you find that one? Romans 2 4. I got to find it in here, too. Romans 2 4. Do you have it? Throw it up there. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance? In some translations it says tolerance. That's a word we hear a lot today. So starting again. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? What's that, what, what that's saying is, do we take God's kindness for granted? Do we take his, his patience for granted when we screw up over and over and over and over again and he's patient with us? Do we take that for granted and take that like he's saying that we can keep screwing up? Or do we take it like, God, you're being so gracious with me. Help me, please. The Bible says that his kindness is supposed to lead us to repentance, not supposed to make us happy about how we sin. And so today's message, and I wanted to preach it because it's good for all of us, but it's really good for our seniors walking into the next stage of life. I want to preach on how to overcome sin by creating an environment of righteousness. Overcoming sin by creating an environment of righteousness. And so we're going to talk about sin tonight. It's going to be a little bit heavy. Is that cool? And we'll have cupcakes afterwards. Yay! But sometimes I'm a a happy-go-lucky guy who likes to joke, and sometimes I don't. Preach real heavy. I just preached kind of feel-good messages, and I felt convicted about this. Uh, this week, there's been a lot going on um, in our group, outside of our group, and everything else. And so I feel like I need to push into it a little bit and not run away from it. As a pastor, a lot of pastors run away from hard topics. And if you'll be patient with me, you might not agree with me, but I'm going to push deep into a hard topic, which is sin. Nobody likes to talk about sin. Um, don't worry, I'm not going to get, like crazy political or anything like that, but I'm going to push into sin because I hate sin. Just how like last week I told everybody I hate anxiety. doesn't mean those of you that struggle with anxiety, doesn't mean I hate you because I've struggled with anxiety. I just hate anxiety, right? So it, it doesn't mean I'm judging you for struggling with sin, but I'm going to let you know I hate sin and I hate that it has its grip on you, right? And so we're going we're gonna to learn together of how to overcome our sin. Step one, the, the first step in overcoming sin, and this is so simple, but we don't do it. You have to acknowledge that sin is bad. You have to. And it's not just the ones that you don't like. There's sins that we don't like, like murdering and lying and stealing. Everyone's like, oh yeah, those are sins, those are bad. But there's a lot of blurry sins in today's society. And they're not supposed to be all that blurry. Right? And we want to... We want to say that they're not sins because it feeds our flesh, and it feels good, and it makes things make sense, kind of, or it's really convenient, or it seems like the right thing, but it's really not. When I was a kid, if my mom told me, hey, honey, I'm going to make you brownies for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'd have been like, oh, you're the best mom I've ever had, you know only mom I've ever had. But I'd be like going to school like my mom is way doper than your mom because I get brownies for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But by the age of like six, I would have had diabetes. And so whose mom is better? I'm trying to make a point here though. For me as a kid, brownies were good. Brownies felt good. They tasted good. I didn't. There was no reason for me to believe brownies aren't good. But I have to trust my mom when she says they're not good for you. I can't make those for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, and, and reversely, broccoli sucks. It tastes bad. Okay, insert vegetable you don't like. It tastes bad. I don't like it. It makes me gag, right? And, and, and you want me to eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Maybe not breakfast. That's our cheat meal. And I think, like, when you're a kid, you think, like, Mom, you're the worst. Why do you make me eat that? Why do I have to have a healthy lunch? And all these other kids are getting their Lunchables with all this processed stuff. Sometimes what feels good and what makes sense and what seems good is not good. And the only difference, when I'm a kid, the only difference between what's good and bad is if I just trust my mom. So, let me tell you this. Some things that, that the Bible says are bad for you... You don't get to dispute because you don't feel like they're bad. Because I didn't feel like brownies were bad when I was a kid. But if my mom says brownies are bad and she's older than I am, she probably knows better than I do. If God says that it's a sin, it's a sin. And I shouldn't do it. Even if I think it's not hurting anybody. heavy <laughs> And I'm this isn't a this isn't a message of judgment it's a it's a message of I, I I can't possibly as your pastor give you empathy all the way on your road to hell Or else I'm just not doing my job well I love each and every one of you and hopefully through the years you guys really know that that I do. Danielle loves you guys so much. I love you. But loving you doesn't always mean affirming your behaviors. Sometimes loving you means that I have to disagree with you and tell you what, what the good book says <laughs> and what God says because that's really good for you. And you might hate me and say, like, Brett, brownies are better than broccoli. And I'll say, like, for the moment, sure, but not in the long run. Okay, So we have to acknowledge that sin is bad. All sin. All of it, all the ones you're having questions about, the ones you're thinking about in your head, Brett, you mean that one? It's in the Bible, I promise. And everyone, all, You see it on like Twitter and Instagram, it's not in the Bible, yes it is. Uh, read Romans, and it's all there. <laughs> I'm not going to get into the specifics right now because I don't really feel like causing a mob. Uh, we'll do that in small group time. Um, and some things are above our junior hires, so I'm not going to do that that make sense Uh, a couple months ago there was a time and place issue you guys remember I'm not going to do that so uh but you high schoolers are mature enough to know what I'm talking about and then you junior hires whatever you're struggling with (laughs) we're going to get through it together okay because I love you but we cool everybody you know what I'm talking about okay just hop on Instagram you know what I'm talking about (laughs) um But actually don't because it's bad for you. Uh, Okay, James 4.17. Let's throw that up there. James 4.17. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's sin. For them. That's kind of heavy. If you know the good that you're supposed to do and you purposely don't do it, it's sin. God is your friend, but he's not just your friend. God has to be Lord. If you're here this weekend, it was a really great message. Go back and listen to it. It's this guy from Sri Lanka. He talks kind of funny, and he's, and he's awesome. And he played a practical joke on the whole church at the beginning, and it was really funny. Uh, but he said, which was so good, we can't make God do what we like and what we want him to do. We have to do what he wants us to do. So it's like, oh, well, th- that's, th- this is my lifestyle. No, that's not really how it works. Let me make it broader. Read, like, every single story with a character in it in the Bible. I'm going to preach a long time tonight, but I don't care. So um, read, like, every single story with a character in it in the Bible, and you realize that the big thing that God called them to, they never wanted to do it. And now we have people all the time, Christian folks, who are like, I was born with this dream. This is what I've been made to do and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna become the best me ever and god's gonna help me reach my dreams no not unless it's his will maybe it is i don't know but what it's about is like david and goliath david didn't fight goliath because it was david's enemy david fought goliath because it was god's enemy does that make sense? So, like, I'm not going around doing everything for me and hoping God joins along. I'm going around doing, I just want to join God. What is he doing? <laughs> and can I join in that, right? And sometimes that looks a whole lot different. I never thought I was going to be a youth pastor, ever. I actually thought I was going to write music and uh, be one of the guys who writes really great music and becomes famous and... And, uh, oh, I'm just a man, you know, try to be humble and stuff because I write great music and play good music and all that kind of stuff. It was all about music for me. And then a, a year before I became the youth pastor, God spoke to me and was like, hey, I think he, he gave me a heart uh, for, the, for, the, for the guys in this group. And it was like, I, I, think I, need, I think I need to help. And then all of a sudden, God's like, <laughs> and now I'm going on four years being a youth pastor. And I never, ever once thought I, that I never wanted to do that. But God calls you sometimes to stuff that you don't want to do, and it becomes the thing that is the only thing you want to do. <laughs> I, I've always played music. I've always, I, I, I play all, all, all my favorite instruments and sing, and I've always done it, and I, I always will. I'll always be a worshiper. But if someone said choose worship or youth, I'd choose youth every time. Because I just feel like right now, there's a bigger burden. There's an attack on our young people, and I want to help. Okay? Galatians 5, 19 through 21, let's throw that up there. The act, oh, we're going to get real. Can we get real? Um, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, whoa, right off the bat. Heyo. Impurity, there's this thing going around, it's like, oh, purity culture, Eww, the church is so hurtful, whatever. It's in the Bible, whatever, get over it. Um, sexual immorality, impurity, hold on, sorry, that was a little... Not nice. Some people, humans, can distort the word of God to oppress people. I'm just saying I won't ever do that. And this is impurity. And it's there. So be pure, okay? Debakery, idolatry, witchcraft. Hey, yo, don't mess around with that stuff. Like, I saw this video. There was like this dad, and he's like, my kids are upstairs playing on a Ouija board, and he's like, flipping off the lights and freaking them out. Like, the first sentence wasn't the problem. My kids are upstairs playing with a Ouija board. And everyone's like, oh, dude, you're hilarious. No, you're a terrible dad. Like, okay, anyways, I'm mad. But uh, hatred, oh, dang it. <laughs> uh, discord, all the homies got to get off Discord. Uh, jealousy, fits of rage. That's, that was me for a while. Selfish ambition. <laughs> it's a sin to do what you want at the expense of somebody else. Even if something, <laughs> this is this is going to suck, uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that says not to rejoice in your enemy's downfall. So, right now, all of us, even if we're 12 years old, we're all of a sudden really political, whatever, okay? Uh, but if your like political side wins, even if you feel that it's righteous, like laughing in the face of the other person is a sin. Um, selfish ambition uh, dissensions factions and envy drunkenness and there's some more that I skipped over I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God so it's not like it's not hurting anybody that I'm doing this it's not hurting anybody that I smoke a little weed. It's not hurting anybody that I get a little drunk all by myself. It's not hurting anybody that I fool around with my girlfriend a little bit. It's not hurting anybody that I experiment a little bit sexually. It's not hurting anybody. Right? I'm getting really real. But those that live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What it's, it's not saying that you do good and you get into heaven. It's not what it's saying. It's saying that his kindness leads us to repentance. Repentance. What does repentance mean? Repentance is just a word that means like 180. I'm going the other direction now. So if you haven't gotten to repentance, you haven't really acknowledged his kindness. If you're not bearing, uh, the Bible says that you'll know them by their fruit. If you keep producing rotten fruit, (laughs) um, let's figure something out, right? And it's probably because of this. It's not saying that... He's going to kick you out. It's saying that you will sin all of your, you'll, the wages of sin is death. So you'll sin all the way to hell. Not that he's sending you there, you're choosing, you're walking there, hand in hand with the devil. Yay. It's heavy. Romans six let's throw that up there. I probably already said it at some point. The wages of sin is death. There we go. But the gift of God is eternal in Christ Jesus our Lord. First John 1, 8 through 10. Oh, this one's good. I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you today because it's not my argument, it's God's, okay? If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, this is today. This is our society. They're telling you it's not a sin. It's not hurting anybody, it's not a sin. If we claim that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. A sin is a sin. And I sin every day. But I don't want to. Does that make sense? I have to acknowledge sin is bad. I sin every day. I'm not I'm not judging anybody. We all sin different. And that's the argument that comes up when someone when a Christian person is like, "Well, that's a sin." They're like, "Oh, well, you're judging me." And we all sin we all sin. And so who are you to judge? It's not necessarily judgment. It's just I'm going to point it out. And here's the difference. I sin and I don't like it. And I know it's bad. Other people sin and try to justify it. That's where we go wrong. Everybody's going to sin. We're all going to mess up. We're all going to mess up. But the thing we have to do is acknowledge that the mess up is a mess up. And not try and justify that it's something good. Number two. So, it's going to get better now. After we acknowledge that sin is sin and sin is bad, we're going to acknowledge that God is good. First Chronicles 16.34. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. His, his love doesn't just endure when you, when you do good things. His love endures when, when, you, when you screw up really bad. Jesus wants you to come as you are. Messed up. Broken, discipled by the culture. Come as you are. But he loves you enough to not let you stay as you are. So if you're staying as you are, you don't love him enough to move in the other direction. James one seventeen. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down. From the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He's the same. Yesterday and today and for this. That, that's why we sang that song today. Same God. Sarah picked a song. I didn't even pick it. And hey, oh, it lines up. Romans 4 3. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. If you just believe, notice this doesn't say believe in God. He believed God. God hypothetically is saying that. Brownies are bad for you, broccoli is good, and you're saying, I believe you, God. Does that make sense? And when you believe God, it's counted as righteousness. So all you have to do is acknowledge that sin is sin, sin is bad. I believe what God says about sin, and it's counted as righteousness for me. So, admit sin is bad. Acknowledge that God is good. And number three, this is the last one. Choose or create an environment of righteousness. This is how we overcome sin. Romans 6, 1 through 2. Let's throw that up there. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. No drinks. No drinks. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? If you... I'm going to get a little harsh here. Those of you who have been baptized, who have shown everybody that you've died to sin and raised again a new life and then choose to keep living in sin, that's not how it's supposed to go. That's talking to me, too. We all struggle. We all fall short. This is not a judgment message. This is I want you uh, to walk in grace all the way to heaven, not walk in empathy and affirmation all the way to hell. Okay? Okay? Romans 6, 6 through 7. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Romans 2, 1. You, therefore, have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Like I said, this is not a message of judgment. This is just a message of truth. I'm not saying that you sin more than I do. I'm not saying that you're more wretched than I am. I'm just saying let's all acknowledge our sin is bad and let's try to walk away from it. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. So in closing, I have two scriptures that aren't on there (laughs) because I forgot to put them on. So, yeah. Um, Hold on, let me find it. Are you guys being patient with me? Okay, good. Uh, Okay, here they are. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. First Corinthians 10:13 says. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, meaning that we've all been through it. And God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So you might be thinking to me, Brett, I don't know how to overcome this temptation. I don't know how to overcome this addiction. I don't know how to act right. I don't know how to do these things. Brett, I want to become a youth leader, but I just can't get my life together. Right? Brother, I can't stop lying. I can't stop cheating. I can't stop doing this. I can't stop. Can't stop. Can't stop. Can't stop looking at things online that I shouldn't be looking at. I can't stop doing blah, 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 blah. Right? But God says that He won't ever give us more than we can bear in this instance. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. It says it right there. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out. What's the way out? When you pull the weeds, Plant some flowers. If you just pull the weeds and let it be soil, the weeds will come back. Right? So, what environment are we cr- going to create? Are we going to create an environment of weeds and an, an environment of empty soil or an environment of flowers? Are we going to let Him turn our graves into gardens or are we going to open up the grave ourselves and jump on in? Right? This message is to tell you that I love you, and if you see things from me online, or if you see things from me in interaction about the world and what it's in, it's based off of the Bible. I'm not doing it because of how I feel. I'm not doing it because of what I think. I'm doing it because of what the Bible says, and if you want to talk to me about what's going on in the world, if you want to talk to me about issues of sin, if you want to talk to me about those things, let's talk, because here's the thing. Like I said, if I disagree with you, like let's listen. A little bit, um, because I'm 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 probably not telling you um, that brownies are good for you. I'm probably telling you that broccoli is good for you, and that brownies are bad for you. So what I mean by that is, even if you disagree with me, it's I'm only saying it because I love you. So Danielle and I have spent the last four years trying to convince all of you that we actually do love you, and hopefully you feel that. And so if I come. Uh, if you ask me, Brett, what do you think about this? And I disagree with you and it hurts. It's not because I don't love you. It's actually because I do love you and I'm seeing you walk yourself all the way to a dead soul and I really don't want to see you do that because I love each and every one of you and you guys have an awesome life. And some of you might be like confused and you're like, how do I go forward then? Because this sin that you're talking about is a part of my identity. How do I walk forward? Sometimes I don't know. (laughs) But can we try together? Can we do it together? Can we walk forward? Can, the only thing we have to do is just acknowledge that God is good and that he's real and that he has some sort of plan and let's try and figure it out. Right? And so, let's, like I said, let's not walk in empathy and affirmation and tolerance all the way to hell, but let's walk in grace and mercy and goodness all the way to heaven. Knowing that we all sin, all fall short. I'm not going to point out the, the speck in your eye while I have a log in mine. I'm just, if you're going to ask me, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says, Okay? And so even in our leadership, leadership be ready. I'm putting my foot down on some stuff because we're not going to tolerate sin festering in this group. We've all learned something over the past couple weeks, and I've learned that I might have failed in a couple areas. Can I be honest? There's some things that happened in the last couple of weeks, and even Pastor Jeff the other day said, Brett, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And I was good. I wasn't bad, but I, it was heavy. Because I look at some things that transpired and I think to myself, how did I fail? And I think the way I failed is I didn't preach this message early enough. This message shouldn't have came on senior night. Right? should have came for you a lot earlier. So I apologize. But let's move forward together. Let's walk in it. Let's walk in righteousness. And please don't follow your flesh all the way to death. Promise me, read your Bible, see what God says about it, and then just don't do it. <laughs> Pull the weeds and replace them with with flowers. I love you. Um, I'm gonna I I'm gonna do an altar call. So <laughs> bow your heads uh, online. We love you. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Um, if that's you and you're like Brett, I have been affirming my own sin, and I haven't surrendered it to God, and I've keep made I've keep made. Making excuses of why it's fine and why it's good. But I know it's killing me. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? And this is not because I need to know. It's just because you need to say something. You need to admit it. It's good. You can put your hand down. And so Now I'm going to pray over all of us. That we (laughs) don't judge each other. But we also don't just affirm each other in our sin, and we walk with grace together on the same goal towards Jesus. So um, let's pray together. Actually, put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder, because we're going to pray over each other, because cause God is good, and we love each other, and and we're a family. We kind of got into a mess a little bit at camp, and one of the speeches I gave afterwards is that we're a family, and the devil's trying to rip us apart, and so we're going to keep being a family, and we're going to keep rolling, we're going to keep doing it. So, Jesus, I pray over each and every one of these students, God, each and every one of these leaders, each of these students, uh, that this might be their last summer being a student uh, for some of the college-aged kids in the room that might be moving on to strictly the adult things. God, we just pray that you would help us to walk in grace and mercy and goodness. Help us to seek righteousness and holiness and to be sanctified. And help us, God, to realize that our, our our faith is good, but faith without works is dead. And so help us to try and be good. And at the very least, help us to know that sin is bad. So we lift you up. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. That's it. Are we cool? I had to. I had to. Just it's been a it's been a it's been a couple of weeks. It's been a couple weeks. <laughs> been tired. Anybody else been tired? You're just going through some crap, man. And you're just seeing crap everywhere. I'm saying crap a lot, but Camp was really good and then at times it was really rough. It was really tough. It was tough on some of you. Tough on some of us. And it hurt my heart a little bit. Because because God is good. And and we shouldn't have to walk through that tough stuff. And I and I and the common theme that I saw with a lot of people is that just life is hurting. People are having a rough time. And it hurts me. <laughs> As your pastor, I don't want to see you have a rough time. Um and the world is is uh is chaotic the world is trying to tell you all sorts of crazy stuff right now and if you're wondering about um i'm not going to talk about it right now but you know there's a big conversation about abortion going on right now and if you want to know what i think if you want to know what the bible says um come talk to me and we're going to walk in grace in it and figure it out and it's not because i'm I'm against one side or I'm against the other. I, I don't really particularly like either side. <laughs> um, but I do know what God says about it. And, and and I know that sometimes we have to wrestle with that and it's rough. Um, but I'd love to do it with you. And so let's have a conversation. Let's walk in it. I want to walk with those things through you. And I'm not going um, to do it in hate for one side or the other. And then other things. You're struggling with it. Let's talk. But the other day I was just looking at all this stuff online and everybody's – um, opinions and my own uh, um, stuff and but then I'm looking at like 12 13 14 year old kids just posting stuff about the world's politics <laughs> and it kind of broke my heart and um, I don't think we need to be walking through that so echo youth where a kid can be a kid <laughs> Echo youth where the youth pastor is still a kid. So um and I want it I, I do want it to be that though. I don't want to be a group that seeks happiness because happiness is temporal. Happiness goes away when times suck. I want to be a group that chases after joy. Because joy lasts even in the storm. So let's be filled with joy, amen. I love you guys like crazy and if i'm hard on you if i bring something up if i challenge you it's not because i don't love you it's cuz i do love you and I, and I, and i and i see you getting off track on the on on the railroad tracks and you're going for a rough destination and i'm just trying to guide you back this way okay remember his kindness leads us to repentance his kindness doesn't lead us to affirmation cool